0: Hello, and welcome to the SMTC Podcast. I'm Courtney Makara, and I'm joined by Grant Gregorian. SMTC is a Society of Marketing Technology Consultants, which is a community created to educate and support anyone involved in the MarTech world as a consultant. In this podcast, we explore all that it means to be a great consultant, from setting up your business or joining an agency, to how to find new clients or keep your existing clients happy. If you're thinking about going into consulting or you're already a successful consultant, please join us by going to join smtc.com and become a member it's free we'd love to hear from you let us know what's on your mind because we're going to tell you what's on ours our guest today is sydney gordon who is a senior implementation architect with DemandGen gen and has been a marketo champion and marketo customer for quite a few years thanks for joining us sydney thank you for having me excited to be here Great, so uh, this is my episode. I'm taking the reins of this because I wanna pester you and Grant <laughs> with very specific questions about working remote and the draw of consulting has long been, you know, working from anywhere. That hashtag van life, I think as Grant has, uh, has said in the past and both of you have experience going remote and I wanna hear the war stories, the pros and cons. I have not done it, I feel like the grass is always greener and I'm like, well, but what about this and what about that? So I wanna hear um, from both of you. I mean,
1: I guess we should differentiate. So like, we're okay. all forced to work remote recently.
2: Ooh, very <laughs> so, true.
1: So there is there's the working <laughs> Yeah, we remote. did
2: it before it was mandated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's yeah. right. And so, so there's the working remote from your house because like pandemic? And then there is, I voluntarily want to work remotely so that I could, there's a category where, so that I could travel. And I think that's what you are talking about. Yep. Absolutely. So keep going.
0: Absolutely. Well, Sydney, I met you about just like weeks before you were going off on a big international thing. I think we were, I think we were in Vegas. We were at a summit conference And you're like, yeah, I'm doing this remote year. And I just was like, I need to follow you on Instagram. I want to know all about it. So tell us about, (laughs) you know, remote year, the program, and then your kind of involvement in that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we actually met the week before I left. So I got home from Marketo Summit. Yeah, I got home from Marketo Summit on Friday and left for Croatia on Saturday. So it was a very quick uh, turnaround. But yes, so in 2019, I did the remote year program, which is a program for with you know four professionals who have remote jobs uh, to travel the world, but also to travel together. So I did a four month program with Remote Year, uh, with about forty other people, and we lived in each uh, location for about a month, and we had a co work space. And you're generally rooming with one or two other people in the program. So we went from Croatia to Portugal. Portugal, Spain, and South Africa. So it was quite the experience, and it was uh, one of the best things I think I could have ever done for myself.
0: That sounds just so cool. Um, So you did four months, but I think there are different timeframes that you can do with Remote Year, like they take care of your housing, and then also your employment piece is on your own. Remote Year is not giving you a job or anything like that, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you go to remote year with the job And they essentially set up everything else, whether that is, uh, you know, living, uh, working space, uh, the flight in between cities. So you essentially pay them, uh, you know, like monthly, almost like you would, you know, say like you're paying rent somewhere and they coordinate all of the logistics for you. So I had a very um, luxury experience, I would say, in regards to being a digital nomad, because a lot of the logistics were really handled on my behalf. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. And from following you on Instagram and your adventures, it seems like you made some great friends and connections and people that you've stayed in touch with, even after you've returned back to the States.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We had about 40 people and we really had a diverse group. I mean, we had ages from 23 to 72. So it was really a a mix of different people and backgrounds and ages And, you know, we all had one thing in common and that was that we were crazy enough to fly across the world to meet uh, 40 strangers to live with and work with for the next, you know, four months. But you can absolutely do it for four months, six months, a year. Um, They have a bunch of different programs that you can sign up for. And and I definitely wanted to, you know, have that experience, but I wasn't sure I wanted to to commit to the year-long program at that point.
1: Mm -hmm. And, Sydney, can you tell us like I got I two questions one is where did that come from like what made you decide to kind of go for it and then the second question is more tactical like what did you do about time zones because like Croatia you know and, and how did that work with your with yeah your, with your job
2: yeah so what made me decide to do it um was two things one was I had been working remote for a while, and at that point it was just working from home. Um, and I was finding myself getting just like very stagnant, so to speak, in my everyday routine. Like I was at home, I worked from home. Um, I was starting to look forward to going to the grocery store and I knew that that was probably a problem.
0: So I, uh, COVID, uh, I was right? like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah, exactly. So it like, wasn't a- normal. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. So maybe it, maybe it is normal now, but it, it wasn't then. So it was one of those things where I just knew that something had to change, and I was actively looking for what was that change. And I had a, a previous coworker who wound up doing remote year, and she was doing the year-long program. And I kind of got to pick her brain on on how she was enjoying it and see her experience and realize that it wasn't just some ad on Instagram because that's the only exposure I had had to remote year at that point. So that was essentially, you know, the decision behind doing it and why I decided to, you know, travel and, and work remote. And then the logistics of it, I, you know, was working for a startup in San Francisco at the time, living in Georgia. Um, So I was already, you know, working remote for them. And um, it was a proposal that I made to them actually in the interview process. Um, I let them know that this was something I was planning on doing, um, you know, the previous year before uh, 2019. And it was something that the leadership was totally okay with and championed at the time. So I, you know, was very upfront about wanting to do this. They encouraged it. And it was actually even written into my contract. So it was uh, definitely a definitely a good experience with that. And then when I got over there, um, I shifted my schedule. So I worked 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. local time to kind of at least have that overlap uh, with California hours. And I actually was a little lucky that my Salesforce admin at this uh, location was based out of London. So I was actually more suited to her time than I was the rest of the company, which worked out well because we worked so hand in hand being the marketing operations manager and the Salesforce admin.
1: That's incredible. Um, And so can you, what did your contract say? It said Sydney will be away. She does not have to be in the United States and stuff like that. And did they, did they still like deposit money into your U.S bank account as if you were in the U.S., like as far as taxes and everything else is concerned?
2: Yeah, because essentially I was only gone for four months and there was no change of address or anything like that um, because I still had all of my stuff registered here in Georgia to uh, an address. So I You know, was able to have it written into my contract. And I don't know the exact words, but it was basically from the leadership at that time who said, you know, even if I leave, um, it's approved by HR and, you know, the company that city gets to um, go and and work in this this different time zone. So um, I'm actually glad it got written into the contract because that leadership actually left before I left for my trip. So I was actually very, um, glad I had that kind of safety measure wow. there. Wow.
0: That's smart little fine print yeah. thing to know there. So you, you said yeah. you to three countries in four months. Do you want to just share any of the fun, maybe not mops or consulting related, but just fun international, your, your favorite <laughs> things or interesting learnings along the way?
2: Yeah. Um, I can definitely say that my life peaked in Spain. Um, It was my birthday and I got to take a sailboat off the coast of Spain with some friends and we spent the whole weekend like sailing and eating and drinking and just having a wonderful time. So, I mean, how many people can say that they got to spend their weekend, you know, sailing off the coast of Spain. So that's definitely a a highlight for me. Um, And you know, it's just, when you're over there, the ability to pop over to different locations is so much easier than it would be here in the States. Um, you know, living in Spain, I think I had like went to London for a weekend. Um, you know, and so when it comes to living over there, there really are so many opportunities to be able to pop into different areas and take weekend trips. And when you're with 40 people who all have the attitude of, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, you're never really alone in that trip. So we had a Slack channel uh, among our group. And if anyone wanted to go do something, you just popped in there and said, hey, I'm thinking about hopping over to Dubrovnik, Croatia this weekend, if anyone wants to join me. And then everyone's like, yeah, I'm in. And then you book an Airbnb and you go. And so it was that simple to kind of make the most out of the weekends while there.
0: Gosh, that sounds very cool. And especially now, of course, in COVID time, it sounds especially <laughs> glorious.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, yeah ask, very glad I chose 2019.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what about the gotchas, the lessons learned, um, you know, that time zone of 12 to eight, did that work for you? I think, you know, the assumption is that European nightlife and dinner evening time is more active, but were there any things you're like, oh, I wish I would have thought about this ahead of time or warnings you would give to anyone considering going to Europe?
2: Yeah, um, our group had a term uh, that we called third level fun and what that means is it's essentially embracing the challenges that you know are inherent when on an adventure. So when things go sideways, it's about leaning in rather than retreating or complaining. So that was one thing that was very like important for us because when you are traveling and you know even if you've just been gone for a week, we all know it's not perfect. We all know that you know things that you book, you might get there it might be totally different than what you saw online. And so uh, for me, one of the gotchas is to prepare for gotchas. Like you're going to have things that go wrong. You're going to show up to your co-work space one day and the wifi is going to be down and you need to find a coffee shop. That's going to let you sit there all day. Um, you know, so there's, there's things that you have to be prepared for, but I also think, especially in the marketing operations space, I think that's almost a character trait. You know, we're, we're very used to um, doing the work around or, you know, being comfortable, not being comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my biggest call outs when it comes to travel is, is just be aware that, um, it's, it's not always comfortable and it's not always as perfect as Instagram might make it look. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I, I wonder if
0: that's a good segue over to Grant. Grant has been teasing me about, You know, one of these days I'll tell you about when I took my family to Costa Rica and I have been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Do I get to hear the Costa Rica story?
1: All right, I mean, sure. Um, Absolutely, since that's the topic of today's uh, episode. So it's very similar to uh, what Sydney said in a sense we took three months. (laughs) Hold on, I'm gonna restart here we took three months to go to uh, Costa Rica and it was, it was very similar. I had, a, I had just recently quit and it was my first time being a, a freelance consultant. So I was kind of living through all the things that we talk about in this podcast as a first time consultant. And I was working in Colorado, like living in suburban like apartment. And uh, I had a office in a closet. Cause that's all I had. And I was like, just going to my closet every day. And, and I was like, why am I here? <laughs> why I could work from anywhere. What, what the hell am I doing here? And, um, and we had a two year old son at the time. And so my wife and I uh, wanted to move um, to a bigger place. And we decided that rather than move to a new place, we would move out of the apartment and thereby not have to pay rent And before moving into the new place, take a quick, you know, adventure in Costa Rica. And so the way that we financed it was we took the rent money, which was like, I don't know, like $1,500 a month, I think is what it would be paid. And we rented a pod and put all of our stuff in a pod. And that was like, $30 a month or something like that, they just take it away and they just store all your stuff for you somewhere in the cloud, I guess. And then, um, and then we used the $1,500 a month as our budget to then rent an Airbnb um, in two different places in Costa Rica. One was not on the beach and the other one was on the beach. The one that was on the beach was far superior, highly recommend that version. And so, yeah, we, we bought plane tickets plus Airbnb, with $1,500 a month budget, wow. uh, for all three of us and, uh, and took off. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was really like, uh, really fun experience. Um, it had its challenges also, I would say wifi being the number one challenge, like verify with your Airbnb, <laughs> you know, double check. Cause what they think is fast wifi is not fast enough for zoom calls and, um, So I would wake up every day, just like I would have here in Colorado, and I would take my son to the beach before breakfast. We would play in the sand, come home, you know, have papaya for breakfast or whatever. (laughs) And then and then uh, I would go into like a little corner of the house and um, or like one of the bedrooms and uh, work. And then before sunset, we would all go to the beach, watch the sunset on the beach and hang out. And meanwhile, they could go and explore stuff um, while I was doing work. And then on the weekends is when we did most of our kind of fun adventures. Yeah. So so whenever we compare notes with our Costa Rica, like tourist friends, They were like, oh, we went to this volcano and we did this and we did this. What did you guys do? And we're like, we mostly just stayed at the house. We went to the grocery (laughs) store. We came home. We cooked. Um, So we missed out on a lot of the adventuring part uh, because we couldn't afford it and because we were honestly like just working, but it was just in Costa Rica. So we got to see kind of the day-to-day life uh, there, which was really wonderful.
0: And was that just like a tourist visa? Like, was that more complicated since you were doing it on your own than Sydney having, you know, kind of all the paperwork taken care of? Is it, and actually a two-part question, was it only three months because of visa problems? Like, it sounds amazing to wake up and go to the beach before breakfast. Why not just mm-hmm. stay?
1: Well... Uh, that was, uh, I mean, it was three months because we honestly missed home and we didn't want to, we wouldn't want to just like move to Costa Rica at that point. (laughs) Um, and, but it had to be long enough to be able to afford it. Like it, um, surprisingly, you know, if you book a monthly rental, it's a lot cheaper than booking a daily. And so the only way we could put it in our budget was to go for a month at a time. And um, I didn't really think about the visa. It was, we just said we're visiting because, you know, nobody really cares uh, in a real sense. And, um, and we didn't run into any, any problems in terms of visas or anything else. I would say the, the, the only, the only problem like actual problem was uh, what, In a way, whether to tell your clients that you are – because unlike Sydney, I didn't, like, get anything in writing, and I was a consultant, and so I would get on calls with people, and they would hear exotic birds in the background. They'd hear, like, (laughs) you know, while we were on the call, and they're like – what is, what is, are you at the zoo or something? Like what's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm in Costa Rica. It's like, I'm staying in this house by the jungle. And they're like, what, what is going on? And, um, but I found all of them were mostly just, you know, just curious about what I was doing, but nobody really actually cared. So it was, it was better to kind of tell them, Hey, this week I'm in Costa Rica, my Wi-Fi might be a little slow. Uh, so bear with me. and to, to so it large Sounds extent, like
0: really positive, like no red flags if you heard someone was, you know, doing this. Both you and Sydney are like, be ready for the, what was that Sydney third level fun? Um, but at the same yeah. time, you know, go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that it takes... Like, it really is uh, wonderful to take a risk like that a little bit to kind of change up your routine. Like Sydney said, she felt like she was on a kind of in a rut a little bit, like, in a you know, stuck in a stuck in a uh, groundhog day. And uh, and so it was it was really great to break it up. It was also actually really great. Uh, professionally, uh, for me, because, because I was working there, it, it you kind of, it's kind of hard to get into the tourist vibe because like you can't really go hang out and make friends with other tourists necessarily. Cause they just want to go like ziplining and you're like, oh, I have to go to work, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I made lots of great friends who were like local uh people. So I would go to like tech startup meetups. Um I would go to like Salesforce meetups, which they also have there. There's tech scenes all over the world. And you go there and it's actually really fun for them to meet you because, you know, they're they're just used to having like tourists around, but you're like, no, 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 I'm here. I'm working. And so I did like a couple of talks and I made really wonderful friends uh, who I'm still stay in touch with um, who are like Salesforce developers and like marketing automation people, but who live, um, who live there and they've come to visit me here in Colorado. So it was wonderful to like meet new people, go explore a country and have it be revenue neutral. Like I didn't have to save money to do that. It was, Mm -hmm. it was just taking a risk um, and going. The only, I would say the only real downside, the only real scary moment was when um, our son who has allergies had a babysitter feed him exactly what he was not supposed to be fed. And so he, oh no, yeah, I So he started like swelling up and we had to like run, you know, get him in the car and like drive him to the doctor. And it was like, really scary because we'd never really been there we knew where the doctor was because we'd kind of scoped it out but that was kind of a scary moment because you're in a different country and different language and you're um but it worked out and it was fine um but other than that it was a totally positive experience
0: Well, I love that you mentioned it was beneficial career-wise and the networking and things because I wanted to go back to Sydney and talk about how it impacted, you know, your career, maybe not necessarily just in that role and your relationship with that startup, but did you start to think about what type of work you wanted to do? Did you miss, you know, you were already remote from Georgia, but did you want to be, you know, face-to-face with clients or you actually did make a career change and that's how you are now with – Demand Gen. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your path and if being remote and going to Europe for a little while impacted that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like Grant, I found that everywhere we went, there were these uh, digital nomad communities, so to speak, where there were groups of people who had been living, you know, say in Portugal for months and, and and living there and working there for companies in the States and things like that. So I definitely think, you know, as you travel, you know, you find those communities uh, because they really are everywhere. And, you know, the digital nomad life is, is growing. So I'm sure those communities are just getting um, larger. For me though, the trip was very beneficial because it, it really brought to light the lack of balance in my life. Um, I think when you're at home uh, here in Georgia and you're working till 730, um, you know, it's, it's a little less noticeable um, because you're getting off at 730 and, you know, doing dinner and going to bed or, uh, you know, just doing something very mundane. But when you are working, you know, longer hours and, you know, staying later in somewhere like South Africa, it is very noticeable because you want to go out and you want to visit those places. Yeah. Um, so for me, it just brought to light, um, you know, and, and to be fair, I was working for a startup, um, any person who's worked in a startup can tell you, you know, there's going to be extra hours there. And and I think that they, you know, at the end of the day, they deserve someone who was willing to put in those hours. And I was at a point in my life where I deserved to have that balance back in my life. And so um, I actually wound up quitting my job in the last month of my trip uh, because it just became – apparent to me that this was not the job that I was going to have when I got home and I thought to myself how many times in my life am I going to be living in South Africa so I you know it was a very mutual breakup on, you know, between the two you know they deserved someone who could spend that time and, and I had other goals to go after so I wound up quitting that last month and, uh, and really actually getting to be a little bit more of a tourist and so it was definitely something that Um, I don't recommend quitting your job, but I definitely recommend, you know, making the most of that situation. And and so that's kind of how the last month played out for me. And and it definitely uh, taught me a few things about myself. So that's why I say, you know, when doing this trip, it really just, you know, kind of opened my eyes to the lack of balance I had in my everyday work life and something that I wanted to get back.
1: That's so deep. And um, it's uh, no, because it's it's true. I mean, we work all the time and when we're surrounded by other people who work all the time um, in our startup culture um, or in our high tech work, I guess it maybe it's American, too. You know, it's not just startup. We just we're a country of. Hard workers, like any any chart, like you see the Economist put out charts of average number of days worked. We're number one consistently. (laughs) We are a very hardworking country. We put in our hours, and when you go and you travel, like especially in a place like Costa Rica, or if you go to um, maybe maybe it's true for Spain as well, um, where you know, pura vida. You know, there's like this culture of like you enjoy life you you live you what's the expression you don't work to live you live to you don't yeah live to work you <laughs> work to live right and yeah, um
2: yeah and for me well, and, definitely yeah like opposite. this go ahead yeah i was just gonna say i mean in spain siesta i mean they take a whole portion of the day just to hang out and you know maybe nap and that you know <laughs> I, I needed that
1: yeah <laughs> You should, that's, that should be in the contract for your next employer. Be like, I will be
2: napping. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: No, but, it, but. These it are was, my siesta really, hours. Exactly. But it's, but it's very serious. I remember at the end of our Costa Rica trip, we were standing by on the beach and my wife and I were like, uh, you know, we really missed our family. That was the biggest thing to come back to was, hey, family, because we felt pretty isolated um, over there. Um, but we were like, what are, what are we exactly going back to? Like, why would we trade this, which is possible, to this work all the time uh, culture? And uh, what exactly is this for? And it it really did cause us real internal uh, questioning. So, So it's also good for that. (laughs) <laughs> if you want well, to take a take a break,
2: yeah, or, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you learn a lot can, about yourself when you do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, we can try and get people to bring the whether it's Costa Rican lifestyle, the siesta to America. I mean, we still obviously want to produce great content and be great employees and, you know, help our company achieve their goals. But we have to keep our, our mental and physical health also in check. And it's, I'm right on the same page with you. I have my side hobby, which is very time consuming, my, my passion. And I am off the computer, you know, at five sharp a few nights a week. And I force myself um, or I force myself to tell either my employer or my clients, like, this is what I have to do. Um, And it's gotten easier as I've gotten older to, you know, put those boundaries for myself. I definitely in my earlier years, I was like, oh, I should, you know, keep working and I need to stay, like Sydney said, till seven o'clock at night to get this done. Um, And sometimes that does need to happen. You know, there are fire drills and emergencies where you do need to put your employer first, but it can't, you can't put your employer first every day.
1: Mm -hmm. And Courtney, have you thought about this? Have you thought about? Being like, okay, you know what? I'm remote. Let's go. Pack the bags. I
0: have. I have. My side hobby passion ties me a little bit here to the US, to Oregon. Um, so it's, it definitely is a little bit of an anchor, but I've thought about putting that on hold. And, uh, I think Hawaii, Hawaii sounds nice. I guess it's not international, but the, the tropical beach, I would love to learn how to surf someday. It looks like one of the hardest things ever. And I think if I'm ever going to learn it, I would need like three or four months of practice. Um, so maybe someday it's, it could be a future goal.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping that one positive from the whole COVID experience is more flexible, more remote-friendly uh, employers, and because they'll, you know, they'll see through this experience. It's like, well, it's totally possible, and maybe even advisable for some roles, especially things like marketing ops or uh, things like that. And 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 maybe more people will have the opportunity to go explore. You know, we we did talk. Briefly about the hashtag van life. Um, maybe in the future episodes we'll find some actual van life people um, to come and talk to us. There are a couple that come to mind uh, who've done that literally with a with like an RV or a van and traveled the country, not internationally, but um, with a Wi Fi satellite Wi Fi connection, trying to work and travel here in the U.S. Uh, that will be really fun. And if you are a person who's listening to this episode and have experience with this, with the remote work or in travel, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us a note and share your story. Uh, maybe maybe you should join the podcast and we'll we'll talk to you as well. And with that I wanted to thank Sydney for taking the time to chat with us today.
2: Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank
0: you so much. Take care everybody.
1: Awesome. And thank you for listening to this episode of SMTC podcast. If you like this episode, please rate us and leave a review. The ratings make the podcast better and make it easier for other people to discover it. Also, also be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already joined the SMTC by going to joinsmtc.com and join as a member. It's totally free. Look forward to hearing from you. Bye.